Fearplay is withdrawing from the US, Canada and UK markets five months after launch. That's a shame because Nordic Noir is popular and the window of opportunity is opening up. Listen on to find out why. This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media. And today is July 27th, 2023. This week, we are going to look at the abrupt cancellation of Nordic SVOD service via play in the US, Canada and UK markets. It lasted just five months. And while it's clear why the Swedish company needed to cut its losses, there really was a good opportunity for it here in the US and one that could be about to grow even larger. But before we get into that, I've been nagging you about trying the trackers feature on the end screen media website. Well, there's another reason for you to check it out this week. We just added Vizio to the list of companies we're covering. It joins Netflix, Disney, Roku and Comcast. And there are trackers for the US TV market and the US pay TV market. And we are going to add a tracker for VR and AR headsets very soon. It's the fastest way to get up to speed on the topics that matter in our industry. And if you'd like to sponsor the trackers feature, send an email to sales at endscreenmedia.com. Now, back to the podcast. So foreign content has become very popular in the US, and I think no company is more responsible for that than Netflix. It started when it was just providing DVDs with its DVD by mail service. It had probably one of the largest, no, not probably, it had the largest selection of foreign DVDs for any service in the US at the time. And it's really continued with its streaming service. It has a large amount of content and it is now producing a great deal of its content in foreign languages in foreign countries and bringing those into our homes. And it really continues to succeed in the US with that content. For example, Next TV found that 43% of total viewing hours over a recent six-week period for the service accrued to international content. Yeah, 43%. That's a pretty high proportion of the content. And that's up from 20% in the same period last year. So that's a dramatic increase and really shows that foreign language international content is really engaging audiences. And Nordic content has been a key part of the international mix for Netflix over the years. Early hits like The Rain, Lily and Lilyhammer have given way to a steady stream of Nordic content on the service. Right now, for example, you can watch popular shows like Troll, Ragnarok and the Valhalla Murders and the, the, the movie The Toscana, which... Uh, which I really enjoyed. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Viaplay. Viaplay has one of the most successful SVOD services in the Nordic region with 6.6 million subscribers in the Nordics. That's uh, Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and Iceland. 
and it is also in several Eastern European countries and the Netherlands. And it has succeeded in the face of stiff competition from global SVOD services like Netflix and HBO. In fact, Netflix and HBO launched in the Nordic regions in 2014, around about the same time as Viaplay. And so it has managed to succeed in spite of the fact that it has been competing virtually from the word go with those big global US companies. Now, the Swedish-based service saw the success of Nordic content in the US on services like Netflix and decided it could leverage its strong Nordic catalog. I mean, after all, that's its core content, right? To create a successful service here. In February of 2023, the Swedish company launched Viaplay in the US for $5.99 a month with a seven-day free trial. Uh, and it also launched at the same time in the UK and Canada, actually, about a few weeks afterwards it launched there. And it brought a really solid library of phenomenally pop popular Nordic content. It had exclusive series like the Danish crime drama Trom, the Norwegian thriller Fur Furia, and the Swedish drama Threesome, all with stars recognizable in the US. So, you know, that, that, that increased its appeal. It also had 50 original titles, including the original A Man Called Ove. That's not the one with Tom Hanks. It's the original one that was made in the Nordic region. And all three original Millennium movies in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, which were phenomenally popular across the world, not just in the Nordic region. And the service was also available on all major TV OSs, that's Fire TV, Roku, Google TV, and Apple TV, and all mobile devices. And it also struck distribution agreements with Comcast for Xfinity and Zumo platforms, and it was for sale through the Roku Channel's premium subscription program. So really, this launch, I think, this launch plan dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. Uh, unfortunately, apparently, it was not enough. Last week, Viaplay formally announced it would discontinue the US, UK and Canadian services. Facing a surprise 1 million decline in subscribers and a 16% drop in ad revenue, the company reported a second quarter loss of 560 million on revenues of just $450 million. And it has also said it will lay off 25% of its workforce. So clearly very tough times at Viaplay. And clearly focusing on its home markets has become the priority for the company. The dream of the company's previous CEO, Anders Jensen, was to turn Viaplay into a global player like its huge rivals, Netflix and HBO. However, incoming CEO Jürgen Madsen Lindemann faces the unenviable task of unraveling the global strategy and riding the financial ship. So Viaplay is withdrawing from the US market just five months after entering it. And I've got to say that just isn't enough time to determine if the service could succeed or fail. And I think that is a shame because there could well be a window of opportunity for the service opening up in the next few months here. So let's let's look at the opportunity in the US. The first thing is I think Viaplay was missing one very important of its uh, part of its successful Nordic formula when it launched in the US 
and that is sport. It has been heavily into sport in the Nordic regions. For example, in Sweden, the service has the rights to carry Formula One, the Premier League, Major League Baseball, UEFA Europa, Conference and Conference Leagues, and many, many more sports. Sports properties like these made the service essential to sports fans in the region, in the regions it serviced, and I think that really helped catapult it to the successful place that it's in. And of course, in the US, this is the most competitive sports market in the world, and there simply weren't any interesting sports rights, I think, that Viaplay could reasonably be expected to acquire. So that meant it was left relying entirely on its Nordic scripted show library for success in the US. And further, it was challenged even more because the population of Nordic speakers in the US is really too small to create a viable market. Um, There really doesn't seem to be a lot of data on this, but the best I can gather is it's less than 200,000 Nordic speakers in the US at this time. And that really is just not enough to justify launching a service. So what that means is that Beerplay needs to attract or needed to attract English-speaking viewers if it was going to be successful. Now, undoubtedly, it is difficult for any service focused on content in a foreign language to succeed here and and, and in other English-speaking countries like the UK and, and Canada. That said, there is a demonstrated deep interest in Nordic content here in the US. The success of all of the content on Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and others really speaks very clearly to the interest of English-speaking U.S. audiences in Nordic noir content. And the truth is that other niche providers have succeeded by going deep into an area that the big players like Netflix are short on. I'm thinking of, for example, Crunchyroll, which has really thrived in anime, even as Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and others have started to add anime content to their services. In fact, I think that the the, the existence of anime on those services is actually helping Crunchyroll because it gets people interested in that content. And when they want to go deep, Crunchyroll is the first and best place for them to go to find more content. And I think that is really the situation here with Nordic content too. People that really love that content will go out and look for more of it. And were Via Play still available, that would be the best and first place that they probably would have would have stopped. And the truth is, I think that there could be a window of opportunity opening up. The writers and actors strike, I think, is going to create a dearth of new content in the US in the coming months. It's really going to make things very, very difficult for services like Netflix, Disney Plus, etc., for them to be successful going forward. And what that means is that there are going to be a bunch of people who are looking for new content. And if they like Nordic Noir, Via Play would have been a great place for them to stop to find something new to watch. So the withdrawal of Via Play from the US, Canada and UK is disappointing. 
There is an opportunity for a service focused on Nordic content to build an interesting audience here. It won't be Netflix sized, but perhaps 1 million subscribers could be achievable. But unfortunately, it looks like we will not ever find out if that would have helped via play. This has been Colin Dixon with Screen Media, and I'll speak with you again next time. This podcast is the property of Endscreen Media, all rights reserved.